Hey friends, and welcome to the Fiercely Unfixed podcast. We're your hosts, Loz and Sammy, and we're here to empower and educate you on how you can heal and feel your best in a sustainable, non-restrictive way that allows you to live your life and feel great in the beautiful body that you live in. Loz and I are best friends, nerds at heart, and both navigating our lives the best way we can. And together, we want to share our love for all things natural healing, including gut health, period and hormone health, mental health, body image, food freedom, exercise, relationships, sex, you name it. And we plan to have some fun chit chat along the way. So grab yourself a cuppa, sit back, get cozy, and let's jump into today's daily dose of learning. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fiercely Unfixed. As usual, I'm here today with Lozzie. Hey guys. And today we're going to be talking all about stress and the impact it has on our body, um, both physiologically and physically. Uh, But before we get into today's episode, we're going to do our weekly wrap up. And we haven't seen each other or spoken for a while on the podcast. So, Lozzie, tell me, what have you been up to since we last recorded? Well, where are we now? We're in the middle of Feb, which is mind-boggling to me. I don't understand where the first six weeks of this year have gone. I feel you. It's just crazy. And so we've had New Year's, Christmas, New Year's. I, I went away. I had like ended up having a month off, although some of that was consumed by getting COVID, which was such a shame. <laughs> But it is what it is. And I end up being in isolation down at my family's beach house, which like is the ideal location to be in isolation. So that's totally fine. But yeah, it's been it's been a good start to the year, just a slow one. You know, when things get started and you're just like, I have so many goals and it yeah. didn't start out how I wanted. And yes. I think a lot of people have felt that. What about you? How's the start of your year been? Mine's been pretty good as well. Same kind of thing. It's just been slow. We um, are looking at selling our house in the next couple of months. So, so I know we're just kind of focusing on just finishing renos and obviously dealing with tradies and um, a lot of clients doing like New Year's resolutions kind of focus stuff. So it's been busy, but it's also been slow. But then, like you said, it's already the middle of February and I'm like, okay, going to be December before we know it. <laughs> oh no. And so exciting you guys. Sammy and I just booked tickets, not really tickets for me because you already live up in Queensland, but we're going to be visiting each other very soon. And that's like always the highlight of my year is going up to see you. So I'm so pumped. So that'll be in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm, it's been a year since we last saw each other. I and I was, I was telling someone that and I was like, no, it was only like six months that we saw each other. And I'm like, no, hang on. Like borders have been closed and no, it's been, it's been a year. So we're redoing our Gold Coast trip. So Gold Coast 2.0 and theme parks and beach and coffee dates. I'm very, two weeks, two weeks to go and we will be physically together again. So excited. I cannot wait. It's going to be the best. <laughs> well, let's jump straight into our episode today, which is obviously, like we said before, is going to be exploring stress, what it is, how it affects us, and what can we do to support our body through stressful events and even everyday stresses. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what really is stress and how it kind of impacts our body? Absolutely. So 
One thing I really wanted to point out when chatting about this particular podcast episode is the importance of it. You know, Sammy and I had a chat about like, how are we going to order this? When we start talking about, you know, the nitty gritty topics that you guys are going to want to hear about, how do we decide which comes first kind of thing in what order? And we both agreed like this truly is top of the tree. Like if you're not addressing stress, the way your nervous system is responding to things, like you're not going to have success in healing journeys. That was a really big reason why we chose to do this first. (laughs) So something that I really like to point out when I'm talking to people about stress is that there is a really big difference between what stress is and what stressors are. So ST. R-E-S-S-O-R-S. So stress being, I felt like that was important to spell that out. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, did I spell it right? Um, stress, stress is the actual experience. So that's when you say, I feel stress. Something is stressing me out. Whether those and those stressors are the culprits, they are the threats and the stimuli that's actually causing that stress response in your nervous system. And so What's also really important to point out with this is it is largely out of our control. Like this is not necessarily something that we can modulate and be like, I don't want to respond to that stress, so I'm just going to ignore it. Like Mm. this is built in as part of our survival system and as part of um, ensuring that those threats don't, you know, compromise our quality of life effectively. Um, So when it comes to, to looking at wellness this is a a really important part of the conversation and it can cascade and impact you in ways that are pretty unbelievable and unfortunately there are a lot of people out there especially in older generations than ours that really feel like this is myth that stress is just something you should deal with and not worry about and no it can't cause physical symptoms and all that jazz so does that kind of give a bit of like an idea of what what stress and stressors are a hundred percent and I think Um, like you were saying, older generations, even just from the conversations that I have with my parents, like they, I remember growing up, like they would kind of say that stresses were like financial stresses, or if you're moving house or, um, but you know, I think in today's world, when I think about stimuli or stress stimulus or the uh, stressors, it's work, it's work deadlines, it's catching public transport like you know we're constantly trying to be on time for things and social media like I don't know about you but if my phone is pinging all day and I'm trying to do a a different task like I actually start to feel that stress response which we're going to talk about it Mm -hmm. um but you know like it, it isn't just big main events when I think people think of stress it's all of these little things that add up and then compound so yeah absolutely it's so important because we do tend to think of it that way and I'm about to kind of talk a little bit about the word trauma and it's a similar story because we do tend to think about it as those things that are just obvious stresses when it can be anything it can be a broken leg it can be a broken relationship you know Mm. so like the breadth of what stresses you out and this is very unique to the individual is massive it's really really massive when we talk about trauma a lot of people think about trauma in the context of something really really horrible occurring you know it's a horrible car accident it's you know something happening to you that's a that's very traumatic in nature and at the end of the day what we're starting to learn is that 
trauma is more a nervous system response to something that is has really stressed your system out. I actually, I've written this quote down into our show notes. I absolutely love a particular quote by Dr. Bruce Perry, who talks a lot on trauma. He's a psychiatrist and he says, he thinks about trauma as any pattern of activating your stress response system that leads to an alteration in how that system is functioning. And that leads to an overactivity or a re-overactivity so it's it's really important to point out that like it's it's all about a, a stressor that's too much or too fast or even too little for your system to cope with and that can be anything and I think a lot of people think about trauma in the context of more like PTSD but it can yeah. be it can be many things in the way it affects you so I feel like that's really important to point out because a lot of us carry actual trauma in our nervous system Mm. And I'm definitely one of those people where like a lot of these terms are still new to me. Like, you know, I only just started getting into therapy like a year ago and, you know, like my therapist was talking to me about this kind of stuff. And in my head, I was kind of like, I look at situations and I'm like, like my background is in, um, I competed really young as a child and was like pushed and driven very, very hard. And I look at it like it was um, like building my, I look at it now and I'm like, oh, it built my personality. And she turned around to me and she was just like some of the discussions I was having with her about things. She's like, no, that, that could potentially be your body's way of being like, that was trauma and this is how I'm going to react to it now. And I'm like, oh, that's an interesting way to kind of observe it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought of that. So it's um it's very it's very interesting the way that kind of even like past stuff can impact the way that our stress response works in the present. Absolutely, a hundred percent. And for you guys who've listened to previous episodes, especially the first episode where we talk about our stories, both of us in the same boat there, where there are things that we kind of viewed as being positive you know, in our mm. life or a, a control thing or an escape thing that leave a, almost a literal imprint on the way that your physiology then works moving forward. And it's, it can be pretty, can be pretty tricky to head around as well, I think, for a lot of people. So these are, these are big concepts that we're talking about today and like just take some time to sit with it. I think it's really important to kind of process and, and be really aware of what comes up with these kind of conversations. Yeah. I think that this is a good conversation because even like, like I said, I'm still somebody new that's kind of getting around some of this terminology, even for me over the past, you know, six months, it's just kind of opens up the conversation with yourself and makes you more self-aware. So if anything, you know, if you take away from this podcast is we're going to get into, you know, like how do we support stress? What are some um, techniques or what are some things that you can do? And that was something that I took away and I sat with it and I started to kind of process stuff and you don't have to do it a deep, deep dive, but then you also can do a deep dive. You are completely in control of your journey through addressing your own stress. That kind of rhymed. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Absolutely. Um, but I guess before we get into how do we support our stress, um, it's really important to understand where stress comes from on a more basic physiological level. Um, so do you want to explain what our nervous system structure looks like in the body and how our bodies see and respond to stress on a physiological level? Yeah, absolutely. So 
a lot of people, when we talk about the nervous system, a lot of people know about the central nervous system. A lot of people don't know about the peripheral nervous system and then a subdivision of that called the autonomic nervous system. So the secret's kind of in the name with this one. So auto being automatic or involuntary, this system is, compl- like you're not in control. Like this is running all the things that keep you alive, especially from a... Um, a threat perspective, a stress perspective, and making sure that you are constantly assessing your surroundings and making sure that nothing's not going on that could compromise your safety effectively. And so when we talk about the autonomic nervous system and that involuntary nature, a lot of people then have also heard of sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system, which are the two subdivisions of that autonomic system. And so sympathetic is known as fight or flight. That's the kind of old school terms for it. Whereas parasympathetic is more commonly known as like your rest and digest and recover and that sort of thing. And we're going to get to talking about the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems in a second because there's lots to be said on that. But ultimately, your body does have a first line of defense with this, and that is through our limbic system. That's through a structure in our brain called the amygdala, which is, again, it's looking for like, okay, is there a lion chasing me right now? You know, am I sensing someone's facial expression during a social situation that looks like they may suddenly get angry at me and punch me? You know, that's the stuff that you're the whole nervous system your brain is doing before you can even think about it. We're talking like microseconds to so, so fast. It's all about that emotional processing and safety. So then once you're something like your amygdala in your brain has then interpreted that stress, it then has a chat to other stresses in your brain, which then trigger off your sympathetic or parasympathetic nervous system to do their job, which is what we'll chat about in a minute. So it's really important to talk about this because that is that is truly the shit you do not have control over. That's the stuff where your body is like, we just need to make sure that we're safe and we need to then select which system we sit in, which state we sit in, in order to now function over the next X many minutes, hours, days. And so I like to talk through it, especially with my clients and the people I work with, because they can get super frustrated about it. You know, I had the situation that made me anxious and I wasn't able to control it. You know, there are things we can do to help that out, but ultimately this is inbuilt. And a lot of it is also built over years of different conditioning as well. So looking at your past and different traumas and stresses you've had, like Sammy and I were talking about at the start, is so, so important to all of this. So does that kind of give a bit of a summary of how the nervous system, limbic system all work together? Yeah, definitely. And I think we probably should have put like a a warning on this um, podcast to be like, guys, we're about to nerd out. We've (laughs) gone back to physiology and anatomy classes, which I think we both loved. Um, And it was funny because when we were doing the notes for this, I was reading some of Lauren's notes and I'm like, I went to my own physiology, physiology class. I did advanced physiology and I sat in on two other physiology classes. And some of this, I was like, why do I not remember some of this? And then once I started reading it, I was like, oh, it's all coming back. That's so good. <laughs> but it does. And it makes sense. And, you know, like, I think I always tell my clients kind of the same thing. Like when you're experiencing a stressor, like even though we live in this digital age and this age of social media and our body's responding to that stress, our bodies are still very primal. And so it is, we're still looking for that lion that's chasing us, you know, like it's only meant to be 
once every so often that we have that that stressor happen that our bodies pick that up but we're experiencing it almost like hourly if not more for some of us you know we're experiencing it more and more and more and more and so you know that that level of overdrive in the body is you're either running on fight or you're running on flight like it's it's one or the other absolutely so now that I've like prompted you to review A&P <laughs> tell us about the sympathetic nervous system talk us through that okay so the sympathetic nervous system is it's gen- like it's it's action is to mobilize the body's nervous system and it's basically a uh, fight it's the fight side of yeah sorry <clears throat> I feel like I've got a frog in my throat Um, and basically it also is constantly active at like a basal level to maintain homeostasis and homeostasis in the body is basically the body is always fighting to find balance. So if something happens, the body's always trying to regulate that to find its balance. Um, so this response can, it activates adrenaline and to a lesser extent, noradrenaline, I can know epinephrine and epinephrine, um, which can cause the following symptoms. So I always say when you're thinking about the sympathetic system, you're thinking about upregulation. So it's kind of like it's that fight. It's like you're gonna your heart's gonna start to race, your lungs are gonna pump more oxygen in, you're gonna get, you're gonna either pale or flush. Um, the biggest thing that I always say to my clients, especially the ones that have gut issues and they struggle with stress, is that when your sympathetic system goes into overdrive, it all it has an inhibition of the stomach and the upper intestinal to basically stop and slow down digestion. Um, and so that's a big one. So obviously, if your digestion slows down or stops, you're not processing food, which means that food can sit in the gut longer and therefore cause gut issues. Um, what else? Dilation of pupils, tunnel vision. Like it's, think of it as like that overdrive kind of feeling. Um, and being in that state of constant hyper arousal, having that constant stress response, it can cause a lot of negative effects, not only on digestion, but also, um, think like, so digestion into like constipation. So it can kind of stop that half of it as well. Um, it can cause issues around hunger. Like I know a lot of people will say to me when they kind of feel in that fight mode, their appetite drops because your body's not focused on getting more fuel in. It's focused on running from the tiger, tiger, lion. Um, And you can also have things like difficulty urinating and another big one, which I know that you'll cover in parasympathetic, but the opposite side is you can have difficulty maintaining like sexual arousal or just any kind of sexual function. So did you, did you feel like I missed anything or no, anything to add? I, sympathetic, going into that fight or flight space is almost paralyzing in a lot of ways. And we'll actually mm. talk about a way in which your body can go into freeze it's another mode we'll talk about that in a minute but it's it's very overwhelming to the system like you said it's that real hyper arousal state um and like it's not just you know you think you're being chased by a lion it's also those moments when you're and you'll know this you know you're sitting in a doctor's office and they laugh at you or they don't take you seriously and you feel clammy and you feel yourself start to sweat and you feel like you don't know what to say and there's that you know that sympathetic response is potent you can't necessarily Mm. think your way out of that 
quickly, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And so it's so important to talk about this when we're looking at what are the reasons why someone has some, you know, health issues, physical health issues, because unfortunately we spend a lot of time in this mode. And for all I just said, and you just said about all these horrible symptoms, we can also be functioning just a little bit, always in sympathetic, you know, doing yeah. too much in terms of working out, too much movement, too much stress all day. Yes. You never then flip across into rest and digest parasympathetic function. So like it's, it's toxic to the system to be in there all the time. We're not designed to do that. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And I think as well, like I know that we talk about cortisol a lot with our clients and I think we talked a lot about it on the last episode, you know, norepinephrine, epinephrine have that relationship with cortisol. And so when you're in that fight stage or fight phase, it's actually pushing up those cortisol levels as well. So a lot of the time we see these people who are also type A, they're on the go. Like you said, they're always sitting in that sympathetic. They're normally the ones where you get a Dutch test or some labs done and they are high cortisol and, you know, it all, it all kind of leads back onto one another. So, um, but then, you know, we have the parasympathetic side of things. So go, go for that one. Absolutely. So when we're talking about parasympathetic, this is our, as I said earlier, kind of rest, digest, recover, repair, nervous system. This is where we should be when we are just relaxed, sitting on the couch, chilling out, having sex. This is a real place of just repair effectively. Sleeping is another one. And what's really interesting about the parasympathetic nervous system is it is activated by a really great big long nerve that we have that runs from your basically your brain bottom of your brain brainstem right through your gut it runs all the way down this is called your vagus nerve and so when we activate our vagus our vagus nerve and we get really good high vagal tone over that nerve it can help us to activate that system and be in that calm and peaceful place and do all the good things we're supposed to do when we're recovering which are digesting food and feeling pleasure and recovering and letting our body heal and all that great stuff so that's brilliant and we're going to talk you guys through how we activate our vagus nerve, how we calm our system and get out of sympathetic and engage this more what's really interesting as well though, and this is the case for so many things when it comes to physiology, this is not that straightforward. Our parasympathetic nervous system can also calm us down too much. So when we're under extreme threat, and this can happen really early during that threat or later in the threat, our vagus nerve can also shut us down into more of a fawn or freeze response. So a freeze response is exactly how it sounds. I kind of want to give you guys an example of like, you know, a... Um, I can't remember what the name of, a, of the animal is, but an animal that's being chased by its predator. And rather than running and running and running and trying to escape, they'll fall to the ground completely frozen and pretend like they're dead. This is to avoid being killed. And so it's a very similar thing. And this is that feeling when you've been put on the spot or something's happened to you that's really stressful and you just freeze up. No thoughts come in, your body just goes into that complete shutdown mode. So interestingly, this is actually governed by parasympathetic it's kind of a backup option and also a first line of defense we can also go into what's called fawn and so fawn is that wanting to appease someone else wanting to make sure that you are safe it's saying all the things you probably don't want to say (laughs) it's people pleasing in a lot of ways so this is also another response and it all falls under that 
that um, branch of stress, but it's ways that our body can cope with it that then allow us to survive because at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. It's about survival. So ultimately, very, very good for us to activate our parasympathetic nervous system in good ways. But if you ever have a moment where you are feeling stressed out or something comes up and you do feel yourself going to that fawn or freeze place, you can also know that that's what has happened. It's been you know, done by the parasympathetic nervous system under a threat. It's, it's, I think it was the word you were looking for, prey. Yeah, I was thinking of like, what is this? Is it like a gazelle? I can't remember oh, the like name of the antelope animal. Or yeah, something like that. <laughs> I was like, what is the name of this animal that I'm picturing like on a plane being chased by a lion? But I couldn't think of it. But yes, the prey is probably yeah. the best way to put it. That's, I was like sitting here and I was like, is it prey? Um, it's actually, it's funny that like our bodies can go through all these different stages because I'm gonna I'm actually gonna give some like examples of when this has happened to me and it's funny because my best friend she will like under like if you do public speaking she will go into this like I've literally watched her like just kind of clam up and I'm like don't fall over don't pass out like whereas I think my body goes into this overdrive state and again type a like we kind of like to live more in this overdrive and you actually do really well under that kind of response um but there was literally one day where I remember and I was like why is this happening to me because I'm so used to like working really well with like an overdrive response that one day I got put on the spot I can't remember exactly what it was but I literally froze up I couldn't think I couldn't speak I couldn't I couldn't even shake this person's head I do remember and I'm not I'm not telling everybody because it's such an embarrassing <laughs> I met an actor and it didn't go well okay <laughs> but I had this response and it was the first time in my life that I had had that response and I remember thinking to myself like what is wrong with me yeah. and it wasn't until I actually took a step back later on and I was like that's the first time that that's kind of happened and I didn't realize that meeting this actor was apparently stressful to me of some sort because I'm also one of those people that just kind of when I think of stress I think of overdrive but a lot of people have this response where they go into freeze or fall like I actually do have that fawn like when you were saying it I was kind of like I do have this response when I feel like backed in a corner especially in like a situation where it might be like work related or something or I've upset somebody I go into that people pleasing mode and Mm. I only do it when I feel like I'm backed into a corner which is obviously a stress response and it's it's interesting because a lot of people would just kind of go oh that's like my personality but no this is a respect like a response to a stressor yeah and it's really interesting with form as well because this is often where a lot of issues around like maintaining boundaries saying no like that sort of stuff comes in because you're so worried about the judgment the fallout from you know not doing something or saying something that you then break your own boundaries and you're you abandon yourself you know by doing that Mm -hmm. so it's it's a very interesting one and we do often see it in people who come from you know backgrounds where you know caregivers have not been there or have it their love has been conditional to being perfect and those kinds of things and in the workplace obviously too you see it a lot because it's just easier to say yeah I'll get that done no problems and then you go I just put way too much on my plate you know what I mean so it's an it's a very interesting one and not something we think of as a stress response but it totally is and then you combine a form response 
with a fight or flight. How horrible for your system. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. Well, that was the other thing I was going to say is I know from my experience, it's very easy to go from one to the other quite quickly as well. So I know like if you're having a, let's say you're having a heated conversation with someone or an argument, I'm one of those people where first of all, I shut down, like I'll kind of just inwardly shut down. I won't say anything, but then my blood gets racing and my mind starts racing. And then I start to say stupid shit that I probably shouldn't be saying because I'm so, and I go into the opposite. I go into fight. Um, so it is, you can have multiple reactions in one sitting in one space of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was, that's what I was thinking of. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's very, it's very intense for a lot of people. And sometimes just being able to identify that in the first place without judgment and shame is really helpful because then you can be like, okay, what, what things can I pull out in this moment to calm my system back down again so I can respond in the best way I can and I'm like you I find the exact same thing like I I've not had that many episodes of full-blown freeze in my life before Mm. but I and you know this about me and and so do the listeners if they've listened back to episode one like I am that client with cortisol through the roof on everything because I used to run sympathetic all day every day you know that constant fleeing from something fighting against something yeah um so yeah it's it's very very intense and like you were talking about with the gut and the gut is such a great example this affects everything in terms of our physiology because and and the easiest way for you to look at it is to reverse engineer what our what our goals as a human being are and that is survival and reproduction and regardless if that's your goal or not like that's the reality <laughs> and so when i you know when we talk about like why are we seeing gut issues especially gut issues and not being resolved like we're throwing the book at it and it's not getting better we then need to review that like what is your nervous system actually telling your gut to do all day long and yeah. similarly and this is a really big topic that we're chat about on a podcast episode at some point is ovulating and having a healthy period because the last thing your body is going to do in a stressed environment is make a baby now we know that ovulation is exceptionally important regardless of whether you want to have a baby or not for women's Mm -hmm. health but it ain't gonna happen if your system detects that there's a threat so this is the reason why it's so so important to address stress and to address our nervous system when we're trying to heal and not just be like oh that self-care stuff she keeps giving me to do that homework's not important I'm just going (laughs) to ignore that take all the supplements and do all the tests and I'll be fine like it's just not the reality you have to do this it's so important to get to know your own stress response your own stresses so then you can get your body working properly and doing what it should Mm. I was actually going to say like as before we move into like how do we combat this? I think it would be really interesting to kind of give like a really basic like case study each where we've worked through this with a client where they might not be able to maybe see that stress is the response. And like straight away when I think about it, like I've had a client um, where inflammation has been a massive issue and we've done all the things we've done the hormone test and, you know, her hormones were slightly out of balance. And so we, we did that work and then still we weren't seeing some symptoms resolve and we did some gut work and still no symptoms. We did a bunch of this work like in the way of um, stress releasing activities and stuff. And we, we didn't see too much, you know, improvement. And so finally we kind of went looking 
and we did a bit more deep dive like conversation around what did your day look like what does your like when you walk in the door at your job like what are you doing I want you to tell me like what are you doing at eight o'clock what are you doing at nine o'clock and once we did that it was from the moment she wakes up she's got kids she's got a husband she's getting their lunches, she's packing bags, she's getting herself ready for work, she's making herself a coffee as she walks out the door. So again, if you're already in that um, that fight or flight, especially that fight stage, adding caffeine on top of that is not exactly the best option. Um, you know, and then she gets to work and she has a work, a job where she is just constantly meeting, meeting, meeting. And I just went, this is, this is where your inflammation is coming from, you know, like, and so then inflammation causes the gut issues that causes the hormone issues. And so when you bring it all back, stress was actually, and that's what in the, in what we do, we go looking for what is the root cause of your symptoms and stress was it. And so she looked, she never told me I'm stressed, but once she actually laid it out for me, I'm like, Hey, you might not be stressed, but your body is stressed. Exactly. And I love what you just said. That's so important. I had so much trouble getting my head around that concept when I wasn't well, like I was yeah. like, how can I, like, I not feel stressed and yet my body is stressed, but it is 100% something that can happen. And I have numerous clients, like, that I've worked with in that same vein where we have yeah. just not been able to get a certain set of health issues over the line and it's not been until we've done this deeper work into the stress yeah. side, reviewed their day, spoken to a therapist, done more really active and almost aggressive work on like breath work, meditation, like it's a non yeah. something you can't compromise, you know, like that's when we actually start to see a really, really big shift. But like yeah. anything else, if you're um if you don't believe it, it will not help because it'll just be another source of stress. You know, I've had clients who say to me, come back to me after I've set them some homework around self-care for this reason. And they've been like, no, it just stressed me out. Well, we have to find you something else because you have yes. to do this work, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's confronting because a lot of us have been raised in such a way that is, you know, rest is for the weak kind of attitude, you know, always. You can't yeah. see put my hand up <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm the same you know it's yeah I I grew up in a household where you worked all weekend you didn't rest you know you just yeah. went and went and went and if you were sitting down not doing anything you were lazy you know yes and yeah. so like when we deliberately give clients the homework or tell people like you got to slow down you got to stop like I want you to just sit there for an hour do nothing watch Netflix I don't care just relax it can be really hard and your body won't like it. Your body will be like, move, get me going. It's mm-hmm. so almost addicted to things like adrenaline, cortisol. It's addicted to that rush and that fast pace. It can be a hard cycle break. It can be really tough. It's actually funny that you mention addiction because I know like when I did like a lot of research on this, it actually shows that people who have that fight response, like the sympathetic, they live in that sympathetic state, you do tend to get, and this is not like just addiction to um, like drugs and stuff like that, but it's even like addiction to foods or exercise. Like, and that, that was my, that was one of my things. Like I know for a very long time, I was addicted to that high that you get from the endorphin release. And it was because I was living in that constant sympathetic state, because now that I've learned how to de-stress myself, which is what we're going to move into in a second. I actually am not addicted to X. Like I will go and do it because I, I still, I enjoy it, but I don't feel the need 
to go every day to get like that endorphin release. And, you know, I'm not addicted to that feeling anymore. And that was one of the things when I knew I was no longer sitting in that sympathetic state. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately with exercise and something we can mention a little bit in this next one, aside from you doing gentle yoga, going for a gentle walk or a swim, exercise is not a de-stressing activity guys it's just not um you going to the gym and lifting heavy is probably one of the most stressful things you can do to your body and the reason why we grow muscle and we get stronger and faster and all those good things is because of a stress response but it's Mm -hmm. not a way to de-stress and like you and i in the exact same boat there i was the same like i just want to de-stress i'll just get to the gym and feel the endorphin rush it was just driving up that problem further into the ground you know I see it on Instagram all the time. Like there's a couple of influencers that I follow and I love them, but then I'll see this, I've got really bad anxiety or I've, you know, I've had, you know, I'm just feeling like really wound up. So I'm going to go to the gym and I'm like, that's the worst thing that you can do. And you're teaching other people that you should be doing that too. And I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Absolutely. But tell me, so now that you've kind of like gone through your own journey and everything, before we get into like, what what can we do to combat this what do you do like what is your de-stressing and then I guess I'll go through what mine is and then if there's anything that we don't do we can kind of add on to what other people could look for to de-stress yeah so I when I first started to identify different types of self-care activities that aligned with me from a Mm de-stressing perspective I really struggled because of what I was talking about before because to me it was a waste of time I could be at the gym and blah 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 you know and so I really had to find stuff that resonated and from day one the coach that I had at the time was like meditation and yoga and stretching and I just didn't like it it just didn't resonate some of those things I now love you know I've grown Mm -hmm. to love but initially that was not the answer and I'll often say that to people I work with like we got to find something that works for you like that's what's most important and so right now for me and I mean this has been the case since I was young I, I'm a very creative person by nature. So for me, like singing, dancing, movement, writing, you know, anything that can engage more of my left brain where I can actually relax and create is so, so good for me from a stress reduction perspective. But also, and this is something that I am continuing to explore because we're a work in, you know, work in progress, I'm very much about really deeply tuning into what is my body feeling so allowing that time to just lie on the floor and go where am I storing tension what does it mm-hmm. feel like rather yeah. than allowing my brain to try to process it put words to it put labels on it like what do I feel in my chest is it tight does it have a color does it have a feeling associated with it is it you know Um, warm as a cold like trying to interpret that information in a way that's not judgmental and that's Mm. not so like analytical effectively because then we go down the judgment road you know what I mean and so working on then how can I breathe through that do I need to journal a bit or talk to someone and even for you guys listening you might be like yeah that's still all too heavy for me but like that's taken me a long time to get to that point and now you know I can apply that in a lot of different situations but um 
they're some of the things I do day to day that really, really help me along with stuff like walking and stretching and all the, you know, more boring things, I suppose you could say, but they're yeah. really big for me. And another thing is like, sometimes I just need to sit down and watch some Netflix, like watch a yes. show I love. Yeah. Um, I've been back on a Jane the Virgin kick. And so I'm just like watching that at the moment. Um, yeah. And that is also self-care. Like there is, there is so much, um, Neg, in my opinion, really negative messaging around like self-care can only look like this. You know, it can only yes. be a list of these things. You know, your yeah. morning and evening routine should be filled with all these different activities. Like, yeah, do what feels good for you, provided yes. it's not something we know is a stressor, like you know, heavy lifting, for example. Like, <laughs> go that road if it feels good. And the thing is, you can create a good environment with that. You can go right. I'm going to put Jane the Virgin on. I'm going to like put some candles on. I'm going to set the mood. Like you can do that that's that's totally okay you know yeah. to find a way to de-stress yeah. what about you tell me about what you do for stress relief I'm very similar so I was like being that type a kind of person and on the go 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 I remember for a period that we didn't own a tv not my family the the guy that I was seeing at the time we didn't own a tv so for two years I didn't watch tv and I was constant. I was at the gym twice a day. And so I was the same as you when I was trying to learn how to slow my body down. It was really hard for me to do. So I actually did this practice where I sat down and I wrote down, what do I enjoy doing? That's something that I can access every day. That's cheap or free or whatever it is. And for me, it's the same thing. If I put on a movie, Hayden hates me because I've literally watched Happy Gilmore like 50 <laughs> times yeah. before. Um, I'm trying to think of like another funny movie that I always watch. I think I told you like my one at the moment is Jungle Cruise. I've watched it like eight or nine times and it only so came out in December. <laughs> but if it's a movie that I really love, I find myself sitting in the chair and I always say to my clients, this is the feeling you're looking for is that uh, yes. like, and so I'm the same as you, like I'm rewatching Big Bang at the moment and I can sit there. And the other thing is I'm having a laugh as well. So it's kind of two birds with one stone. And I was always told, so the reason we didn't have a TV was because I was always told, kind of the same as you, if you're sitting down and watching TV, you're lazy. Mm-hmm. But I also go, okay, for me, walking outside in nature is just, for lack of a better word, it is heavenly for me. Like I have, I was doing it mostly every day last year. And this year I was like, that's going to be my thing. And I think I've missed one or two since the beginning of the year. And I felt like I actually was like, I'm really looking forward to my walk tomorrow because you get outside in nature, it's fresh air. It's a lot of us are working from home. We're sitting at a desk all day. That's a stressor. Like you're looking at a digital screen all day. Yeah. So yeah. And reading, reading is a big one for me. So I I think in January I read like 20 books. What? Yeah, I'm a, bit amazing. Of a, I'm a bit of a speed reader. And pe- when people find that out, they're like, oh, you're weird. I'm like, no, you're just, you're just slow. <laughs> 100%. That's amazing. That's a big, that's a lot of books. Yeah. I, but again, I've got like that addictive personality where I start reading Same. something and I will be up until two, three o'clock in the morning, finishing that book off. Yeah, and I'll, you. <laughs> Guys, you need your sleep. Your sleep is quality. <laughs> Sleep is very important. Sleep is very important. Don't start to 3am reading. Um, but playing with animals, like playing with my dog, um, mm. I instantly find like if I've had, if I feel really wound up and I give Hayden a hug, again, it's that instant. So mm. they're kind of like my daily things. 
Um, but yeah, like I, the one that you wrote on here, which I so want to try is the cold exposure. I've been reading so many good things about it. We, um, we know Ashlyn and Kristen, they, they've done like cold exposure or jumping into ice baths or I think Kristen jumped into an ice lake recently and I was like, Oh, I want to try that. But (laughs) then I'm also like, I like being warm, (laughs) but you know, there's some great research around, um, the cold exposure that puts you into the parasympathetic state. Mm. Um, but even I, yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, when you said dancing, I'm like, I've started trying to do that a bit recently. And I'm like, I'll do it when nobody's around because I look like an idiot. But it is. It's very much like you start laughing at yourself and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm, I don't feel stressed anymore. So yeah. it's a form of movement. You know, we were talking earlier about, you know, the example with the, the prey being chased by the predator. Yeah. The other thing that I find very interesting is after an animal has had an exposure to a threat or something that's stressed their body out, they shake. Have you ever seen your, your dog do yes. that? Like makes do yeah. that? It's, that is to sh- literally shake off like that stress response. That's why they yeah. do it. And so things like shaking, you guys might have heard of tapping before, dance is another one. Like yeah. we, are, we are beings made up of energy. And if we can move that energy through our system, it really helps. I love that. Like I think dance or just that kind of movement is, yeah. is really powerful, super, super yeah. powerful. I find um, massage is a good one, but again, like it's not something that you can do every day that's cheap. It's kind of like that's like my once a month and getting my nails done, like that I find that de-stresses. I think it's just the message that you said where it's you have to find what works for you. And I have this conversation with especially busy mums. They're putting so much energy into everybody but themselves it's so important to sit down and to to do this. Like even if it's five minutes of breath work, when you first wake up, go and lock yourself in the bathroom or the toilet before the kids are awake. Tell your husband the first five minutes of the day is mine. Like, mm-hmm. because once you start to do it, habits build. I I really want to do a podcast on like habit building and stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, like if you do it day in, day out, you're going to build that habit and it's just going to become second nature exactly and the beauty of something like that is it's short and sweet for starters but it also like that the ability for you to build the habit it actually your your nervous system becomes reliant on it it actually will be looking for it you know yeah so i i love that and coming back to the cold exposure just so you guys know you don't necessarily have to go find somewhere where you can jump in like an ice bath if you just end (laughs) your shower in like 30 seconds or as long as you can tolerate a cold water, um, that is a really, really good way to kind of help stimulate that vagus nerve, which is what the cold exposure does. I find mixed things with cold exposure. Myself, I don't like it unless I'm like literally hopping into the ocean because it's also the experience of being in the ocean, the blue space, all that good stuff. I find, I don't know what your experience is with your clients, I find a lot of my clients with thyroid issues really struggle with cold exposure because that cold intolerance is just too much for their system. So reason why I mention it is if something doesn't feel right for you, don't keep pushing it, don't keep doing it. It may be right in the future, but there's no point in torturing yourself when you have a shower every day. It's not fun. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. And that's like, for me, meditation I've tried it so many times I've downloaded headspace even when I go and do um 
my gym runs like a yoga session and at the end they turn all the lights off my favorite part is when you get to lay there like a dead body and go to sleep (laughs) I don't think you're meant to sleep I think it's meant to be meditation I go to sleep but this this woman did um something different where she was like right we're going to sit here for 10 minutes and meditate and my I just I can't do it I've really tried and that's the thing I'm like I'm not going to continue to punish myself I'm going to find something else and so I, I think that's how I stumbled onto like reading I was just kind of like I'll just pick up a book and read 10 minutes a day and then mm-hmm. turned into reading until 3 a.m in the morning yeah. <laughs> and I, I love that it's so important you find something that resonates like that is yeah. by far and away yeah. the the most important thing yeah something you enjoy something that you can fit into your life and then knowing as well that you're looking after yourself and prioritizing your own self um And I think something that you say a lot as well is prioritizing your own self-care without shame or guilt. Mm -hmm. And I know you talk about it in one way. And if you look at the flip side, then it's also like being a busy person with a family. It's you're looking after yourself and you don't have to feel mum guilt or shameful for taking that time out for yourself to look after yourself kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, and obviously speaking from a place where I don't have children, but one way I often talk to my clients who are mums is say like, wouldn't you want that for your kids? Like, wouldn't you want them to grow up seeing a mum who yeah. models that? I would have loved to have seen that. I would have loved to see my mum say, hey, come sit on the couch and watch this movie with me. We need to rest. You know, that's yeah. really important because it, it carries through generations and we can do a podcast all about like how generational trauma can cause its own set of issues in your body. You know, that's the whole thing. Mm. So like, it is, it is worth it. You're not just doing it for you. You are doing it for other people. So there's no need to feel shame. You know, there's no need to feel guilt with this. Yeah. It's, it's really special and important that you're putting yourself first for that reason. Mm. Isn't it funny that you mentioned that? Because that was something me and my mum did. And I think that is one of the reasons why I do That's so go cool. and watch a movie. Yes. And I'll actually like, I'll text her sometimes because mum and I are like nerds at heart. And so like, I will <laughs> I watch... It. <laughs> like we love the old school stuff like the mummy and Zorro so like Zorro will be on and I get this sense of pleasure and also yes. like that I would love to do a, a um a podcast on that generational thing because I know that if I had children I would do that with them I would make them watch the mummy and Zorro and be like you guys just have to deal with this because like we're going to enjoy this when you're 30 and <laughs> exactly <laughs> absolutely yeah be really good it's a it's an important conversation this is a very important conversation and I think work work your way through what you're feeling with this because I think if you can get to know your own stress response your own emotions and feelings toward stress as well because we're all conditioned a certain way to feel a certain way about being stressed you know mm-hmm. and if you can break through some of those barriers like shame and guilt around looking after yourself like yeah. that is probably the best thing you can actually do for yourself on a healing journey by a mile yeah no I think the biggest the biggest takeaways from this podcast is that you know learning to understand what are your stresses? What are the stimuli that stresses you out? How does your body react to that? And then, you know, doing that kind of deep dive and go, well, why, why do I react this way? Is there anything that I can do in the moment that can kind of stop this process or then looking at, okay, what stuff do I like to do that can help to de-stress my body? Um, Were there any other key takeaways that you want to highlight? 
I think that's everything for today. I think we've, yes. we've summarized it nicely. We've <laughs> given an amazing physiology presentation <laughs> <laughs> and gone back to our scientific roots, which is Absolutely. amazing. Um, but that is all for today's episode of Fiercely Unfixed. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Fiercely Unfixed. If you're enjoying the podcast, please make sure you subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify so you never miss an episode. We would also love it and really appreciate it if you would leave us a review as that helps us to be found by people just like you who are looking to better their health and improve their well-being. Thank you so much for being with us and we are sending you guys so much love.